0: Uh, most voters have a pretty positive experience with actually voting. It's that their elected leaders, uh, in this case starting with President Trump and also uh, on down the line, including uh, election deniers in this state, are telling them that the elections are are fraudulent or unfair, and they're listening to those leaders instead of trusting the experience they actually have at the polls.
1: In saying that they want to restore faith in the process, are they basically – implying that Donald Trump did not win or did not lose fairly in 2020 without outright saying it?
0: I don't know if that's what they're implying, but I do think it's a classic case of the arsonist calling the fire department, right? This, yeah. Insofar as there's a crisis of trust that exists because of Trump and because of people who reiterated uh, his election lies. And the the response to that is to stop using rhetoric that undermines uh, trust and not to uh, tinker with the composition of the elections board. By the way, in a way that could inject more politics into the process uh, uh, of how our elections are administered. How so? Well, uh, at face value, this bill would uh, take a, a, the current composition. So right now, North Carolina has a nonpartisan, professional election administration that's overseen by uh, a, a board that has is bipartisan, uh, has three uh, uh, appointments from. Um, the the governor's party and two appointments from the other party. And so right now that's three Democrats and two Republicans. The bill would change that into an eight-person board with four Democrats and four Republicans likely. And while that sounds fair on face value, that uh, 4-4 board will deadlock on all kinds of issues. And if this board deadlocks, it's a little unclear uh, what would happen, but most likely decisions would end up in the hands of the General Assembly or in the courts and that could be decisions on everything from precinct locations to who directs the state uh, or the the state election administration, uh, and so uh, and so. There's more than meets the eye to to this bill.
1: Asher Hildebrand, joining us from the Sanford School of Public Policy at Duke University, is this bill also being used to remove Karen Brinson Bell as the executive director of the state board of elections?
0: That's certainly the speculation. There's uh, it's no secret that senior Republicans in the General Assembly are unhappy with some of the decisions that uh, she has made, despite the fact that this is, a, a, again, uh, someone who's not a partisan actor, who's acted uh, professionally uh, with the support of, of her bipartisan board, including Republicans on that board, for some of the very decisions that they're calling into question. Uh, If this bill is enacted and takes effect, uh, this could happen at the the very worst time, uh, potentially looking at a new elections director uh, sometime around next summer, months away from the 2024 election, another hotly contested election in the state that's seeing a lot of them uh, and so, uh, again, my view is that if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, and uh, we've got one of the best, uh, freest, fairest, and most transparent election systems in the country. Uh, and and uh, there, there's really no need to overturn it like this.
1: You have mentioned, you alluded to this just a moment ago, but Secretary of State Elaine Marshall, who is a Democrat, has argued that uh, the State Board of Elections office is already severely underfunded, and this would just add on more their workload, and I mean, just could this be just trying to create chaos here?
0: I I don't know. I mean, look, our elections uh, officials all over the country are underfunded, and they're now being asked not just to run free and fair elections, but to communicate to the public in in new ways, to protect the uh, physical security of voters in new ways, and to educate the public uh, in new ways. And so uh, and a lot of the resources that they saw during the COVID nineteen pandemic have dried up, uh, and so they're underfunded everywhere. I think Secretary of State Marshall is right, but one thing that that our listeners should know is that unlike other states, our our Secretary of State has no control over elections. Again, it's a nonpartisan staff and a bipartisan board. Uh, and that's one reason why, uh, until recently, we've kind of avoided some of the these partisan battles over election administration that other states have seen. That's now changed because of the composition of the General Assembly.
1: Overall, what is the state, in your opinion, of North Carolina's election system?
0: Uh, I think uh, it, it, it's largely the envy of the nation. Uh, there have been very few uh, uh, incidents uh, of irregularities or fraud um, you know, a couple of elections ago, there was one prominent case out of uh, the Charlotte area in a congressional race there and that was properly investigated and prosecuted. Um, but by and large, again, it's one of the, the freest, fairest and most transparent systems in the country because we haven't left it to the hands of, of politicians. We've left it to the hands of nonpartisan professionals. And we can debate exactly how those professionals should be overseen. Um, but again, my view is if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: Well, certainly an issue that has grabbed a lot of attention for obvious reasons in the General Assembly, and it's been the subject of uh, many unsuccessful attempts by Democrats to pass various amendments addressing deadlocks. But of course, with the supermajority in both the State House and State Senate, those have all been voted down. Asher Hillbrand bringing great insight here from the Duke University uh, Sanford School of Public Policy. Thank you so much for your time, Asher. Always great to talk with you. We'll chat again soon.
0: Likewise, Jeff. Thank you.
1: Thank you.